0: Hi, this is Jim Lyon. You're listening to Viewpoint, and with me in this new year, Kimberly Majeski. Hi, Jim. Kimberly, you look so beautiful as always. I'm guessing you got a few new things to wear. You're just looking like a fashion plate.
1: Oh, I did. I was so lucky to be thought of this year and get some new things.
0: But you know, when you get some new things to wear, and I'm just going to show you, I got some new shoes. Can you see those?
1: Yeah, those are nice. You know
0: what? I'm not normally a shoe guy, but anyway, I got these new shoes, and... Boy, when I walked out of my house, I thought, I got a little more light in my step because (laughs) something about the shoes, I know what it is, really. If you look at my shoes, you won't see my ugly face. (laughs) But all that to say, you know, when you get something new on, it just feels like I want to go out. I want to be, I want to engage because I feel like I'm starting fresh. Mm -hmm. And this is a new year, the year 2016. 2016. We've closed the chapter on 2015. There were a lot of good things in 2015, but I'm going to tell you, Kimberly, I've had some things in 2015 that, well, caused me sadness. Yeah. And some of those sad things were consequent to my own folly. Mm -hmm. You know, I just wish I hadn't reacted the way I did to some circumstances. I wish that I hadn't done some of the things. If I could just replay it, I'd been smarter and wiser and more loving instead of just maybe knee-jerk reactions or -hmm. or just running out ahead Mm -hmm. of, what I might otherwise have done more prayerfully. I mean, life is filled with things like that, with regrets. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: If I could just change those things up as easily as I could buy a pair of new shoes. That's right. (laughs) Well, we're here to tell you at Viewpoint in this series, we're calling it New Clothes. Because if there's anything you need to remember this year and from this broadcast, it is that our God is a God of new clothing. Not necessarily buying us new things on the outward form, But he has the willingness, the capacity, and is willing to pay the price that our souls can be clothed differently with fresh new things that will give us confidence and freedom. Not constrained by that ragged old sweater. Not embarrassed because there's a stain on the front of the shirt or jacket I'm wearing on my soul. Mm -hmm. But I can have something fresh and clean that when people see me, they can say, that person has life. That's how I want to be dressed. That's what we're talking about. And today we're going to talk about a scene famous in the New Testament where I think Jesus invites everyone present to get on some new clothes. Whether they want to or not is up to them. But he's going to make it possible for everyone present to dress their souls differently and to move through their next year differently. We think it's a story for our time. Kimberly, there are a lot of interesting details we know about Jesus and a lot of things we don't know. For instance, famously, there's no image of Jesus. There's no statues or paintings or drawings that are contemporaneous from his walk in this earth. Of course, over time, people have tried to imagine what he looked like, but we don't really have a snapshot. He wasn't born in the age of digital photography. Maybe that's by heaven's design. (laughs) So we wouldn't be distracted by how he looked. Yeah. But we know he had clothes on, mm-hmm. I know that because there are some scriptures that talk about how he may have taken out his outer garments so that he could kneel down and wash mm-hmm. his disciples' feet. Mm-hmm. We know that he had a garment of a single piece of cloth that he was wearing on the day he died, right? over which the uh, soldiers at the foot of the cross would mm-hmm. gamble, and there's some you know theories about that, it must have been an elegant piece of clothing, for in the time this kind of whole cloth, this one piece of fabric would have been the stuff of of real investment. Maybe he received it as a gift. We have no idea. But we do know that he was always dressed, and that would be the custom of the time. And he didn't stand out in his world because of the things he wore, but because of who he was. But in a way, it's about the nature of the clothing of a soul, isn't it? I Mm. mean, Jesus' standout, he has a big impression on everyone but it's not because we remember oh he was so smartly tailored or boy he really had an eye for matching that mm-hmm. a coat and tie it's because of who he was the clothing of his soul mm-hmm was what made people snap up and take notice.
1: Right. He probably had didn't have a snazzy outfit <laughs> at all. People uh, t- speculate on this all the time. But yeah, men of his time would have had a cloak, which was the uh, sort of outer garment you're talking about. You could wrap around your head, put over your shoulders, and maybe someone gave him a, a nicer piece of, of uh, material for that as a gift, and then a tunic. And a man's tunic would have gone to his ankles, and he would have worn this... Every single day, walking here and there.
0: He wasn't getting up on Tuesday and saying, which tunic shall I wear? (laughs) No, he's got one to wear, and that's it. Right. And all of that brings us to our our theme in this series about clothing. We're talking about the clothing of the soul, Mm -hmm. but sometimes it's easier to understand that when we think about the clothing of our body. Because when your soul is clothed fresh and new, it changes the way you experience the world around you and the way other people experience right. you. There's something inside of us that is radiant based on what we're wearing right. and it can be a kind of shadowy negative radiance because if we're ashamed, we're insecure, we're guilt-ridden, we tend to not interact with other people in the same authentic and life-giving way that we do when we have fresh clothes on our hearts and we're feeling secure and clean and ready to embrace life in the world. Which brings us to a famous passage, Mm -hmm. where we have all of that converging. We have people dressed in all kinds of clothes, most of them not very well dressed when it comes to their soul, and Jesus, who is just life, and he's walking into a scenario where there's going to be a lot of talk about how people are dressed in their souls. It's John chapter 8, it's a famous story. Kimberly, why don't you just read to us this text from John chapter 8, which is perhaps one of the most famous and best-known stories from the life of Christ.
1: I'm reading from the New Living Translation, verse 1. Jesus returned to the Mount of Olives, but early the next morning he was back again at the temple. A crowd soon gathered, and he sat down and he taught them. As he was speaking, the teachers of religious law and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in the act of adultery. And they put her in front of the crowd. Teacher, they said to Jesus, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. The law of Moses says to stone her. What do you say? They were trying to trap him into saying something they could use against him. But Jesus stooped down and wrote in the dust with his finger. They kept demanding an answer, so he stood up again and he said, All right. But let the one who has never sinned throw the first stone. And then he stooped down again and wrote in the dust. And when the accusers heard this, they slipped away one by one, beginning with the oldest, until only Jesus was left in the middle of the crowd with the women. And then Jesus stood up again and said to the women, Where are your accusers? Didn't even one of them condemn you? No, Lord, she said. And Jesus said, neither do I go and sin no more.
0: The scene, Kimberly, you've just read to us, recorded in John chapter 8, is, in my mind's eye at least, so vivid. Mm -hmm. I see an outdoor courtyard of some kind, some public space, where Jesus is present There's a crowd of people, as often was the case whenever Jesus was present, because he was a magnetic personality. Mm -hmm. He was a kind of celebrity. He had a reputation for the big moment. People were curious. They weren't necessarily fans, but they were curious. And there were also people who were just set against him. They were always looking for some reason to find fault or to embarrass him or to cause him to slip up because, well, maybe they feared his growing popularity. Maybe they saw him as a threat to their own status quo. Maybe they just had it in their mind that by keeping other people down like that guy, Jesus, Mm -hmm. I'll be able to stand up. Mm -hmm. Whatever it was, Jesus is in a public space, there's a crowd, and there are people in the crowd who are if not openly hostile, they are very cynical about Jesus. Mm -hmm. And then we have in the crowd this woman who is hauled up in front to be embarrassed and humiliated so others can make a point. I mean, there's that whole dimension of the story where we rarely talk about, but how we so often are prone to use other people and not even conscious of it. I have a point to prove, I want to make my case, and I'm going to use someone else. We do that even when they're not present, that's called gossip. (laughs) We bring someone else into the story, we bring someone else into the conversation, we throw them up front as an illustration of this or that, and essentially using them as fodder in our larger campaign to win a battle or a contest. Mm -hmm. That's what's happening, only it's all being done in person. Mm -hmm. Now, when you see that scene, Kimberly, can you imagine how we might describe the clothing the different characters are wearing? So I'm thinking, for instance... I've got these guys who are throwing the woman caught in adultery. They're dressed up in a certain way. I'm not talking about their external clothing, but in their souls, in their hearts. They've put on several pieces of clothing. For instance, they're the ones who are all legalistic. This is what the law says. I'm, I'm going I'm to walk out of my house today, and I'm going to put on a coat that is about making sure everyone else lives up to the letter of the law that I understand. I mean, that's a kind of clothing. That's Mm -hmm. a a way of approaching the world. That's how I present myself. Mm -hmm. It's about making sure that everybody lives up to my standards as I understand them. That's what they wore to the party.
1: And they are wearing those clothes uh, of deception. You know, in John's Gospel, Jesus has this event in the temple where he's running the people out and telling them the temple's going to be destroyed. So in John's Gospel, we see very early on the religious leaders... In Jerusalem are sort of set against Jesus. And so here, they clearly want to find a way to trap him and they think this is the way to do it, to to hold him responsible to the law and see if he transgresses it. And
0: this focus on the law and its outcomes, its punishments, Mm -hmm. is a kind of clothing that covers themselves. In other (laughs) words, it does allow them to mask who they are inside, or, right. you know, let's, let's talk about this other person, let's talk right, about right. you, mm-hmm. it's never about them, and that's a kind of clothing right. that they've chosen to wear. And truth be told, we've all put on that coat at one time or another right. in life. If we,
1: can, we make it about you, it doesn't have to be about me, right? That's right.
0: <laughs> and I can make it about you, and I can make it about you and your inability to live up to what I think is right. Right. I can measure you. It's actually a a hat, maybe, you might say, of judgment. That's what they wore out also. Mm -hmm. Uh, Before I go to the house, I'm going to put on my hat of judgment Mm -hmm. so I can just look around and make Mm -hmm. judgments about other people. Mm -hmm. And that's all part of their clothing. We have this woman who's also thrown into the mix. And I wonder what she's wearing. Again, I'm not thinking about how she's dressed outside, but her heart. What's she wearing? I'm going to guess she's wearing a lot of shame. She's embarrassed and humiliated. She's put on a scarf and and a blouse, and she's got some uh, shoes on that are all marks of shame. Again, these are just emblems. They're, They're ideas to suggest that she's put on. She's put those clothes on, maybe by design, because she made some choices of her own free will that she now regrets, or maybe she was manipulated by a male-dominated society that put her in this predicament. We don't really know all the background, but we do know this, is that she is staring at the ground. <laughs> she's not feeling like she's got fresh new clothes on and she can walk across the square and hold her head high. She is, she's embarrassed and humiliated. She's being the object of scorn and She's being dressed. Maybe she's being dressed by other people, and she didn't choose this clothing for that's herself. That's right. That's right. Maybe she's decided to keep wearing these clothes because she can't see herself in any other wardrobe. Mm-hmm. We're not sure, but we know this: she's not dressed up in her soul in a way that any of us wants to be.
1: No, and she's she's in despair. Um, she's humiliated, and then, as you said, Jim, she's wearing the clothes other people have projected upon her. So she's being defined in this moment by what everybody else in the circle thinks about her.
0: And that happens in real life, doesn't mm-hmm. it? Because somebody else will essentially say, they're not using these words, but they make a judgment about us, or they make they size us up in a certain way. That's and right. they're essentially saying, you wear this. Mm-hmm. And we... Put it on mm-hmm. because that's just how we've been framed or we don't know that we can choose our own clothing or that there's even another closet from which we can draw and so we have all of those people in the mix and now we have jesus what's he wearing well here we have a man who is dressed up it seems to me with a a, a tunic or a cloak as you described of authenticity he's he's completely himself there's no pretense there's no kind of masking he's not a performer he's not acting He is who he is, and he has no shame.
1: Jim, in this moment, what Jesus did absolutely stunned his audience. Jesus here is not fitting into any kind of mold or presupposition or clothes they want to fit on him. I I love this story. In the Levitical law, if, if you were to study this, what's happening here is I imagine the woman is expecting the law is going to be prescribed to her. So what would happen is they would force her to drink this um, liquid. They would mix dust and water, and she would drink it. And if she got sick, it would prove her guilt. This is one of the ways Mm -hmm. that they determined what was going on inside her. And so I imagine when Jesus stooped down to her right into the dust, this is what she thinks he's going to do. Uh But that's not what Jesus does. And so his kindness to her, his decision to treat her differently, surprises her catches her off guard. And it catches everyone on the scene off guard. And how they respond then is a powerful thing.
0: In a way you might say he's wearing a pocket square or some Little marker that says, I'm not just like the rest of you. (laughs) I am different in a very healthy way. Mm -hmm. I'm secure with myself Mm -hmm. and I'm going to respond, I'm going to act, and I'm going to invite you Mm -hmm. to act and respond in ways that you could not have imagined. That's right. And all of these people are dressed up for the minute. (laughs) And as the story unfolds, Jesus essentially, I think, is St. All of them. You can all leave this square. With new clothes, Mm -hmm. I'm going to show you how. We know that as you think about these biblical texts, as you listen to Kimberly and I talk, you might think, well, but wait a minute, I want to know about, or maybe you think, could that be my story? Whatever's going on in your head, we want you to know we're glad to hear from you. 24 hours a day and seven days a week, give us a call, 1-800-757-VIEW. That's 1-800-757-8439. We're right by the phone. I'll give you the number at the end of the broadcast once more. But even now, write it down: one 757 View. We're talking about John chapter eight, a famous story in the life of Christ. He's surrounded by some hostile questioners who have thrown a woman in front of him. They've already judged her and condemned her. They have what they contend to be eyewitness evidence. We we caught her in the very act of adultery, which you know, as a footnote, is always amazing. If you catch someone in the act of adultery. There must be two people in the mix. (laughs) Where's the other guy uh, in this narrative? But he wasn't hauled in front of Jesus, just the woman. Whole other sermon on that one.
1: We'll save that for later.
0: (laughs) But for now, here we have this mix of people, and we've been talking about the way in which their hearts have been clothed. Uh, Mm -hmm. we, We relate to spiritual truth sometimes when we can relate them to the tangible expressions of material life. And in the same way that all of us get dressed in the morning to go out for the day, We dress our hearts, too. (laughs) Sometimes we dress them with shame. Sometimes we dress them with pride. Sometimes we dress them with judgment. Sometimes we dress them with humility and authenticity. All of those manners of dress in the soul are evident in this scene. And Jesus now is going to give everyone a chance to get a new wardrobe. How's he going to do it? Well, he's first going to ask everyone to look at themselves. Mm -hmm. (laughs) This is so powerful to me because... So often I don't like the clothes I wear, I've made a mistake, I wish I hadn't reacted this way, and so on. And I'm so preoccupied with the ugly clothing I have on, and then I look around at others and they seem to be free, and their life isn't a mess up like mine, and, well, they didn't make those same mistakes I did, and so on. And all of that distracts me from actually changing my clothes. Mm-hmm. The first thing to do for all of us, and Jesus is challenging this woman's accusers and his tormentors with this. Get out a mirror and look at yourself. <laughs> you know, do you really like the way you're dressed? Are you really happy? Do you think you look good like this? Isn't that what he's saying to these guys? The, it is, yeah. the first one among you who has never made a mistake, I want you to pick up the first stone and throw it at this gal because you have judged her already. He's simply saying, you look at yourself. Mm-hmm. Before you try and change someone else's manner of dress, before you try and fix somebody else, why do you make sure that you're properly dressed?
1: It's the um, text from the Sermon on the Mount, right? Take the plank out of your own eye before you try to take the plank out of your brother's that eye. little right? splinter. The little splinter out of your brother's right. eye.
0: That's right. Exactly. And that's so important. If you want to wear new clothes in this year, 2016, stop looking at everybody else. Just look in the mirror at yourself. And, you know, it can be very humbling to look at yourself and realize you thought all those other people looked old, you shouldn't see yourself. You think <laughs> all those other people need to lose weight? Well, look at yourself. I mean, you think all those other people aren't living right? Well, look at yourself. Mm. You think their choices are messed up? Well, look at yourself. Mm. And, and we need the Holy Spirit, actually, mm. to help us see ourselves clearly, because even looking in the mirror, I can be deceived. Mm-hmm. But, boy, look in the mirror. Do some self-examination as this new year dawns. Ask God's Holy Spirit to open your eyes to see. It can be startling, and it might be discouraging at first. But the first step is to see yourself as you are. And when you do that, you will be humbled because none of us looks all that good until we have a chance to wear something new that God has provided. And that's where Jesus also speaks, doesn't he? He says to this woman who has been so desperately shaken by this whole experience, and again, we're not sure what culpability she has in In the events that brought her to this moment, she was caught in the act of adultery in that patriarchal society. There are all kinds of scenarios that could have unplayed where she might herself not have been guilty in the way that these men have suggested. Or maybe she was wholly culpable and was fully engaged as a party to some wrongdoing. We don't know, but this we do know. She's vulnerable and ashamed and humiliated in the minute. And Jesus says, you know what? I've got some new clothes you can put on. If these other guys are looking in the mirror and they're no longer on your case, because that's what happens, they all start looking at themselves and walk away, then I'm not condemning you either. I'm just telling you, you can go on and have a new day and don't make the same mistakes again. Here's a new coat. Here's a new dress. Oh, man, that looks like Vogue. That is so good on you. (laughs) I mean, that's what Jesus is saying to her. Isn't that Kimberly fair? He's saying to her, you can put on some fresh new clothes and walk with your head held high just like you're on a fashion runway.
1: I mean, I think that's beautiful. The invitation to, to a person who thinks she's as good as dead, right, that you can be new, is beautiful and probably, of course, unexpected for her. But it opens up a possibility of a new day, a new life, a new future. And so this tragic scene turns into redemption.
0: And... Even as this woman has a chance to put on a new wardrobe, and the implication of the text is she is willing Mm -hmm. to let the Lord give her some new clothing. She couldn't have purchased it herself. There was no way she could acquire it by herself. She can only receive it as a gift from her Father in heaven. Even as she receives that, I think the same offer is implied to all of the hostile judgmental crowd that brought her there in the first place because they also had a chance to walk away with new clothing if they would look at themselves and then realize we're not really doing what God wants us to do here. We're not reflecting the heart and the mercy and the grace of God in the way we've handled this scenario. They also had a chance upon self-examination to own their own sin and to lay it down and receive the Lord's forgiveness and pick up some new clothing, which would bring life instead of death into every public square that they walked across. Mm -hmm. Everyone in the story with Jesus has a chance for new clothes. And hey, friends listening today, that's still true. Mm -hmm. All of us engaged by this radio show right now in the company of Christ have a chance for new clothes this year. No matter who has apprehended you or no matter who you think you're apprehending, no matter where you are in this story, we're all in that square. And Jesus is too. He's right here with us and he's saying, I want you to know you can have new clothing and you can walk into this new year holding your head high and even though you may not be a fashion statement for a magazine cover on the outside, you can have a quality of soul and spirit on the inside that's going to make you shine. That's the promise of the gospel. That is the work of Jesus. That's what's right in front of you right now. Throw open your closet door and know that there are new clothes waiting for you. Just admit your sin. Admit your inability to take them off the rack or to buy them yourself and just receive them as a gift from God and know, Lord, as I put these clothes on, I want to take care of these. I want to be fresh and new and not make the same mistakes I did before. Oh, how this new year could turn out differently than the Mm. last. How do you do it? Well, here's the first step. You pray with us. Our Father, we're so thankful today that you see each of us exactly as we are and you see us warts and all, so to speak, and you love us just the same. Thank you for the Jesus of this story that that loved everyone in the space. He he loved that woman. He cared for her who was thrown so desperately in front of him. But he loved the people who were her accusers also, dark as they were, as mean and cruel-spirited as they were, he loved them also, even as he loves all of us, no matter where we are in the continuum of life. He knows that we each need some new clothes to wear in this new year, Lord, and so we ask that as we confess our sin, Lord, we admit that we have done wrong, we have failed to be our best, we have injured ourselves and others, and we have disappointed you, and there is no price we can pay to make it right. We ask, Lord, that you will forgive us and that you will by the blood of your son Jesus on the cross that you will purchase for us new clothes so that in this new year we can walk with our heads held high. We can be fresh and clean and free of the shame and the old clothes we used to wear. Thank you for hearing our prayer. We pray it in Jesus' name, amen. All right, step two, give us a call. Just dial this number one 800 757 Reach out to us. We want to hear from you. Your prayer request, your question, we'd love to just touch base. Call us up. And Kimberly, if someone is just not ready to give us a call, can they find us online? How so?
1: We'd love to talk with you online. You can visit us at cbhviewpoint.org, send us a message, and we'll respond right back to you.
0: CBH, Christians Broadcasting Hope. That's who we are. cbhviewpoint.org. Or if you prefer, just write me a letter. Use Surface Mail. Address it to Jim Lyon, Viewpoint, Post Office Box 2420, Anderson, Indiana, 46018, USA. But by whatever method you choose, by phone, online, or by post, let us hear from you. Kimberly, is always, a treat to be in your company.
1: It's a treat to be in your company, too, Jim. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you.
0: And to all of our listeners, we hope you'll be with us again next week as we continue our series called New Clothes and we look at ways in which all of us can find in this new year a new wardrobe for the heart. For all of us at the Viewpoint team, and for all of us at Church of God Ministries, which is the host of our broadcast, stay tuned.